You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 2212 South Broad Street. For more information, visit us at circleofhope.church. We're going to sing some more in a little bit. But I want to keep thinking with you about Psalm 23. Um trying to learn what Jesus is offering to us in that um, image of a good shepherd. You know, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he says a lot of, a lot more specific things about that that we're not getting into yet. Um, but uh, it means that the implication is that um, we must be at least somewhat like sheep. Although that might be hard to accept, like some of us were talking last week about how like that whole like um, idea of being like a sheep is not like something we really want to be, right? It's kind of a negative, it, it, it has a negative connotation of just like being a follower or something. Um, so we want to work with that this season and just learn more about sheep and shepherds because I don't know about you, but like I don't, I don't know a lot. I, you know, in our modern world, like I never had to raise sheep. I don't know a lot about them. And so we're taking this season to kind of learn about actual sheep and shepherds so that we can understand what Jesus is offering to us. Um, so to paraphrase the psalm so far, we've considered the terms, the Lord is my shepherd, so he's, he's the boss, he looks out for me, he protects me, so I can be content and not always in this state of wanting. The psalm goes on to say, I, I can, basically I can trust God to provide nourishment for my soul and my physical needs and help me work through my fears and conflicts so that I can rest. He quenches my thirst and puts me back on my feet when I'm helplessly down and out, like we thought about last week. And I think that all, that all sounds pretty good so far, right? Psalm 23 is giving this image of God as a shepherd who really like, takes, takes care of us and protects us. But I think it, it really requires some humility to see ourselves as regularly needing God's care like that. I mean, that, that's a real shift for most of us Americans who are trained to be self-sufficient, self-determined, um, independent. And so this, I think this takes some openness of our will, even in this conversation that we're having on Sundays, some like openness of heart and will um, to think about receiving God's help in a, in a way that like we're taught that we shouldn't even need, right? Um, and to receive it as a community, like Doriana was saying, this is something that there's an element to like God's care that that we're meant to do together. And 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 how do we do that? I think that might be even harder for us Americans to learn. How do we do this thing together? This life of faith. So pray on that with me as we look at the Psalm. This week it is, uh, he leads me in the right paths. 
think I have a slide for that, Josh. Thank you. Um, he leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we want to look at these lines here today. And let's start with the first one. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. So what I learned about sheep this week is that they do not go on right paths without the shepherd guiding them, even physically, to do so. Um, In fact, they are notorious for doing whatever they want in ways that ruin the land if they are not managed really intentionally and, and, and regularly. And I learned this from watching the show Yellowstone. Who else loves that terrible show, Yellowstone? Um, that like nobody wants the sheep grazing on their ranch in the Yellowstone, in the Yellowstone Valley because, the sh- because sheep are known to just kind of ravage the land if they're left to their own devices. Um, they're, they're creatures of habit, so once they find like, so, uh, like a spot that they really like, they, um, they, they stay there and they gnaw the grass like down past the root. And so the land then erodes, you know, nothing is holding the, the, the soil in, so the land ero- erodes. And so, um, you know, trails that they love will eventually, like, they'll just keep going on them until they become ruts and then gullies, they'll graze the same hills until they're a wasteland, they, they will pollute their own ground until it's, it's um, you know, filled with disease. They'll, they'll even keep trying to eat that same ground that they've, like, um, you know, defecated in, on. <laughs> and so, so it's kind of a mess. And th- there are areas in Australia and New Zealand, Greece, Spain, and the Western United States that have been literally, like, sheep to death. Um, basically only like only poverty grass can go on them because they haven't been the sheep that have that have grazed there have not been managed well Um, so it's like such a misconception that sheep can get along anywhere and just kind of be left to um, take care of themselves because they actually have these really destructive habits Um, they like what they like so much that it it um, it leaves the land barren, barren and exposed. So what they really need is a shepherd who will keep moving them from green pasture to green pasture before they um, get too comfortable or overgraze in any particular one spot and get sick from, from eating. Um, and so the good shepherd does this. A good shepherd will move the sheep around for the health of the sheep and for his own good name. I think that's where we get that Jesus' namesake because um, you can just kind of look at a rancher's land and be able to tell like, if they're taking care of their sheep well or not by the, by the quality of the land. Um, sheep need this constant direction 
being moved into a new field every week or so. And the intentional movement is what saves them. So I'm sure you can imagine the implications for, for us human beings, right? Like we get stuck in our preferences. We like what we, we know what we like. Um, and sometimes we stay in these ruts and habits that we have like long after they are actually satisfying and working for us, right? We can be very self-determined and stubborn, um, ignoring warning signs. I'm, I'm speaking about myself, insisting that we know what's best for us. Um, and sometimes we like what we like, even if we've seen it like be, be destructive in other people's lives. We think we might be the exception. Um, and so no wonder the prophet says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to their own way. And in Proverbs it says, there's a way that seems right to a person, but in the end it leads to death. So, so most humans, we, it's, this is part of our nature. We don't want to be told what to do. We want to go with what feels right to us, right? But we see with the sheep, the sheep who don't listen to the shepherd, they, they end up in trouble time after time and um, eventually die. And so we need a shepherd who, has, who, who can keep moving us out of our ruts, right? Who, who has a deliberate like, um, movement for our lives, a, a plan of action for our grazing, a rhythm for our lives that, that leads to health and wholeness. And God is available to show us this, this movement, to keep moving along through the spirit, that we've gotta work with our resistance to the listening, if you're anything like me. Um, I have to work with my resistance to listen to God, and, and Sony's gonna do a, a little workshop right before Lent with us on like how, t how do we hear God's voice? Because this keeps coming up for, for lots of us. It's a mystery. How do we actually hear what God is saying to us? So, so let's get ready to hear that from Sony, but also get ready to face, when we start to do it in a deeper way, get ready to face your resistance to taking orders, you know, even in partnership with this good shepherd of our souls, because um, we've all got that resistance. It's part of our nature. Because there's something to give up. There's something we give up in order to follow. There is some stubborn self-will that needs to be faced. There's some preferences that need to be denied, or at least surrendered, held open. And this is hard, and yet it leads to peace and freedom. But it requires trusting God's way for us more than our own. Uh, in all the moments we don't feel it emotionally, it requires choosing to love God and others sacrificially. I loved how Doriana was talking about choosing Choosing to set our own rights aside sometimes for the sake of the whole. Not needing to be first or to be right. 
willing to cooperate and accept and obey instead of arguing and asking why or always asking why. I think we can ask God why. <laughs> but spiritual maturity is faith in a shepherd or a higher power. Um, oh, I did, have, I did have a picture of a, a path there, Josh. Nice. Uh, and you can move us right along to the next one because um, this um, being, being constantly on the move. Here we're getting into that second part about the valley of the shadow. Being moved by the shepherd, not getting comfortable in our ruts and our habits means going to the high country. This dark valley that the psalmist talks about. Um, I was so comforted to, to learn this week that, that in many parts of the world, shepherds will always move the sheep to high country during the hottest parts of the summer. They'll, 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 they'll take them up on these sort of scary mountain paths out of their normal zone because the, you know, it's, everything kind of dries up during the summer and they need to find, um, they need to find water and they need to find green grass. And so a good shepherd takes his flock up into the high country where they can find this, this grass and cool shade and fresh water, but it involves some scary climbing and some different predators and general uncertainty about shelter and storms and unpredictable weather. But, but what I loved discovering is that um, this is a necessary place of thriving for the sheep. This valley of the shadow actually allows them to find nourishment and get through the season in a healthy way. And, um, and so sheep have to go into the valley of the shadow in order to make it through the summer. And what makes this all possible, they're thriving in the valley, is the increased closeness and intimacy with the shepherd in this season. The shepherd is really, instead of being out on an open field like they are like all the rest of the year, the shepherd is right next to them, literally camping out with them in these little cabins that they call cabooses. But the shepherd is like right next to them on these mountain paths. And, and so there's an increased like affection and attention that the shepherd is giving to the sheep in this quote unquote difficult time in the valley. And we can even see this in the psalm. Show us, show us the psalm there, Josh. It's... Um, I hope I put it up, yeah. So the first part of the psalm that we looked at so far, up top, it's like, it's like a sheep is writing it, talking about their nice shepherd, right? And then the second part, when they start to go into that dark valley, the sheep is talking directly to the shepherd. There's an intimacy here that happens in that, in that difficult place. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Suddenly we're talking directly to God 
because we need his presence. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table. There's a, clo- there's a new closeness here. And I think um, that switch in speaking directly to the shepherd in the second half of the psalm matches what I'm learning from shepherds about this time up in the valley. The dangerous places of the high country brings them closer. And um, they're on, the sheep are only able to, to venture up onto these difficult paths because the shepherd's presence is right there with them, like calming them. And so we're learning two, two things here about difficult seasons in life um, that really resonated with me. That they can bring us closer to the shepherd and that they bring us spiritual food that's not available in, in, other, in other places in our comfort zones. The sheep have to go up into the dangerous place in the summer because, you know, the grass is, is dried up elsewhere. Let's see that valley again, Josh. And so we too may not be able to find the spiritual nourishment um, that we need in the easy, comfortable places forever either. We need to be moved to where the spiritual sustenance actually is. And we'd be too scared to go there on our own. I know I am. And so we see how the language in the Psalms turns direct and intimate. That this is where the Lord is closest to us. Think about your own life. Like, have you ever gone through a, a, a really hard time and been surprised that you got through it or that you could get through it? Because you sense something, God's presence or some force, maybe even just in looking back, that something was, was helping you out or some sense of surprise that you got through it. I think that that's how it works when we're relying on the shepherd. Sometimes even when we're not consciously, thank God we don't have to consciously do that, that God is there helping us. Anyway, so valleys can be really dark and ominous because the mountain peaks like block out the sun. But the other thing about valleys, and maybe you can apply this to kind of to difficult seasons in your life is that the grade for walking is more gentle. Like you can't, like the sheep can't just like scale up the mountain to the, <laughs> into the high country. They have to get there gradually. And there's always water in the valley because water sinks to the lowest place, which I think is a great spiritual truth. Water always goes to the lowest place. And wherever there's water, there's vegetation to eat. So this valley of the shadow really is not the worst place to be. In fact, it's the way that the sheep get to the high country and get nourished. So what if we could see our difficult seasons as opportunities to be closer to our shepherd what, what if there are hidden benefits 
like Megan talked earlier this year about monsters of grace. What if there are hidden benefits like richer spiritual food and shade in the uncertainty, in the uncertain places in our lives? I think most of us would like to be airlifted to the high places in life. We don't want to go through the valley because it is different and difficult um, and uncertain. You can't see what's around the corner. Being dependent on the shepherd is not a, a comfortable feeling for most of us. We'd love to be more in charge, able to see the path ahead so that we can ensure our success on our own. But it seems like Jesus, or at least the psalmist, is telling us that we don't get up into the high country of spiritual maturity without walking through the dark valleys and learning to rely on our shepherd there. So that brings us to our last line. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The sheep get a lot of attention and affection from the shepherd on this drive to the high country, partly because the shepherd has to use his or her rod and staff even more. Um, and both of these instruments, I have a picture of the rod and staff there. Both of these instruments are for protection and care. Um, so no wonder the psalmist says they give me comfort. But like I wouldn't, I, I didn't really know that until I studied um, about them. The rod is smaller like this. I have a picture of that, Josh. Um, and I, you can also pass this around. This is like a shepherd's rod. Um, and it's used as a weapon to keep predators away. It's also used to like count the sheep, the shepherd, the, the sheep kind of go under the rod as they're being counted. Um, and the shepherd also uses it to part the sheep's wool to check for um, like skin conditions and ticks or wounds. And this staff is used to pull a sheep off a ledge or out of some kind of sh trouble like a fight with another sheep or um, if they're getting into some poisonous whatever. Um, or sometimes just to nudge the sheep to get, get in line and stay on the path. I even read about a shepherd that, that just liked to hold the staff on one side of the sheep, kind of like this next picture. Um, if a sheep needed some special attention and just needed to kind of feel the presence of the shepherd, the shepherd might like walk along the path just kind of holding, holding the staff gently on the sheep's side so that they could feel the shepherd's tangible presence. I don't know if you've ever felt like you were moving through life in such a way that God kind of had his staff just kind of gently holding your side so you wouldn't veer too far off. I, I, li I really like that image. Um, and I have sensed that sometimes when I'm, when I'm seeking the shepherd's help and sometimes even 
um, when I'm not. I think God comes to us in, in, through community, like Doriana said. Um, God can come to us through each other. And I have definitely experienced that through many of you. So the rod and the staff, they could be symbols of, of the written word, scripture. They could be symbols of um, the spirit in the body of Christ, each other, um, who, who can help us get back on the path. But we need, whatever, whatever it is, we need to seek out these helps in our spiritual journeys. Scripture, prayer, learning to tune in to the nudges of the Spirit. What I, what I really want to note here is the presence of a living being as you look at that slide of the shepherd. Because like our faith is not about a bunch of rules and doctrine and things just written thousands of years ago, although it is that. It's mainly about the presence of a living God who cares in spite of all that we see in the world and in our own hearts. There is a living God with us on this crazy journey of life. And if we can trust that God, like a, like a good shepherd, has our best interest at heart, that God wants us to live and to thrive. And we can keep learning to rely on his presence or her presence and trust whatever he uses in our lives to help keep us together, even in the most difficult times. And I want to just tell you today that that might be where we learn the most about God's affection for us. I want to just leave you with the word through. Um, in that, that line of the psalm, he guides us through the darkest valley. We don't stay there forever. It's not the destination, but it's part of the way that keeps us growing, even when we can't see it. So let's pray for more trust in our shepherd God. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for this image of yourself, even through our community, as a guide, your living presence, bringing us even through hard times, helping us grow in ways that we can't even really understand or predict. I ask that you would give us more trust in partnership with you. Thank you so much for one another, for your spirit in this body, for your presence in our city and in the world. Help us to keep growing with you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We're going to sing some more in a little bit. But I want to keep thinking with you about Psalm 23. Um, trying to learn what Jesus is offering to us in that, um, 
image of a good shepherd. You know, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he says a lot, of, a lot more specific things about that that we're not getting into yet. Um, but uh, it means that the implication is that um, we must be at least somewhat like sheep. Although that might be hard to accept. Like some of us were talking last week about how like that whole like um, idea of being like a sheep is not like something we really want to be, right? It's kind of a negative, it, it, it has a negative connotation of just like being a follower or something. Um, so we want to work with that this season and just learn more about sheep and shepherds because I don't know about you, but like I don't, I don't know a lot I, you know, in our modern world, like I never had to raise sheep. I don't know a lot about them. And so we're taking this season to kind of learn about actual sheep and shepherds so that we can understand what Jesus is offering to us. Um, so to paraphrase the psalm so far, we've considered the terms, the Lord is my shepherd, so he's, he's the boss, he looks out for me, he protects me, so I can be content and not always in this state of wanting. The psalm goes on to say, I, I can, basically I can trust God to provide nourishment for my soul and my physical needs and help me work through my fears and conflicts so that I can rest. He quenches my thirst and puts me back on my feet when I'm helplessly down and out, like we thought about last week. And I think that all, that all sounds pretty good so far, right? Psalm 23 is giving this image of God as a shepherd who really like takes, takes care of us and protects us. But I think it, it really requires some humility to see ourselves as regularly needing God's care like that. I mean, that, that's a real shift for most of us Americans who are trained to be self-sufficient, self-determined, um, independent. And so this, I think this takes some openness of our will, even in this conversation that we're having on Sundays, some like openness of heart and will um, to think about receiving God's help in a, in a way that like we're taught that we shouldn't even need, right? Um, and to receive it as a community, like Doriana was saying. This is something that there's an element to like God's care that, that we're meant to do together. And, and, and how do we do that? I think that might be even harder for us Americans to learn. How do we do this thing together, this life of faith? So pray on that with me as we look at the psalm. This week it is, uh, he leads me in the right paths. I think I have a slide for that, Josh. Thank you. Um, he leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So we want to look at these lines here today. And let's start with the first one. He leads me along the right paths for his name's sake. 
So what I learned about sheep this week is that they do not go on right paths without the shepherd guiding them, even physically, to do so. Um, in fact, they are notorious for doing whatever they want in ways that ruin the land if they are not managed really intentionally and, and, and regularly. And I learned this from watching the show Yellowstone. Who else loves that terrible show, Yellowstone? Um, that like nobody wants the sheep grazing on their ranch in the Yellowstone in the Yellowstone Valley because, the sh because sheep are known to just kind of ravage the land if they're left to their own devices. Um, they're, they're creatures of habit, so once they find like, so, uh, like a spot that they really like, they, um, they, they stay there and they gnaw the grass like down past the root. And so the land then erodes, you know, nothing is holding the, the, the soil in, so the land ero erodes. And so, um, you know, trails that they love will eventually, like, they'll just keep going on them until they become ruts. And then gullies, they'll graze the same hills until they're a wasteland. They, they will pollute their own ground until it's... it's um, you know, filled with disease. They'll, they'll even keep trying to eat that same ground that they've like, um, you know, defecated in, on. <laughs> and so, so it's kind of a mess. And th there are areas in Australia and New Zealand, Greece, Spain, and the Western United States that have been literally like sheep to death. Um, basically, only like, only poverty grass can go on them because they haven't been the sheep that have that have grazed there have not been managed well. Um, so it's like such a misconception that sheep can get along anywhere and just kind of be left to um, take care of themselves because they actually have these really destructive habits. Um, they like what they like so much that it, it, um, it leaves the land barren, barren and exposed. So what they really need is a shepherd who will keep moving them from green pasture to green pasture before they um, get too comfortable or overgraze in any particular one spot and get sick from, from eating. Um, and so the good shepherd does this. A good shepherd will move the sheep around for the health of the sheep and for his own good name. I think that's where we get that Jesus' namesake because um, you can just kind of look at a rancher's land and be able to tell like if they're taking care of their sheep well or not by the, by the quality of the land. Um, sheep need this constant direction, being moved into a new field every week or so. And the intentional movement is what saves them. So I'm sure you can imagine the implications for, for us human beings, right? Like we get stuck in our preferences. We like what we, we know what we like. Um, and sometimes we stay in these ruts and habits that we have like long after they are actually satisfying and working for us, right? We can be very self-determined and stubborn 
um, ignoring warning signs. I'm, I'm speaking about myself, insisting that we know what's best for us. Um, and sometimes we like what we like, even if we've seen it like be, be destructive in other people's lives. We think we might be the exception. Um, and so no wonder the prophet says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to their own way. And in Proverbs it says, there's a way that seems right to a person, but in the end it leads to death. So, so most humans, we, it's, this is part of our nature. We don't want to be told what to do. We want to go with what feels right to us, right? But we see with the sheep, the sheep who don't listen to the shepherd, they, they end up in trouble time after time and um, eventually die. And so we need a shepherd who has... Who, who can keep moving us out of our ruts, right? Who, who has a deliberate, like, um, movement for our lives, a, a plan of action for our grazing, a rhythm for our lives that, that leads to health and wholeness. And God is available to show us this, this movement, to keep moving along through the spirit, that we've got to work with our resistance to the listening, if you're anything like me. Um, I have to work with my resistance to listen to God. And, and Sony's gonna do a, a little workshop right before Lent with us on like how, how do we hear God's voice? Because this keeps coming up for, for lots of us. It's a mystery. How do we actually hear what God is saying to us? So... So let's get ready to hear that from Sony, but also get ready to face, when we start to do it in a deeper way, get ready to face your resistance to taking orders, you know, even in partnership with this good shepherd of our souls, because um, we've all got that resistance. It's part of our nature. Because there's something to give up. There's something we give up in order to follow. There is some stubborn self-will that needs to be faced. There's some preferences that need to be denied or at least surrendered, held open. And this is hard. And yet it leads to peace and freedom. But it requires trusting God's way for us more than our own. Uh, in all the moments we don't feel it emotionally, it requires choosing to love God and others sacrificially. I loved how Doriana was talking about choosing, choosing to set our own rights aside sometimes for the sake of the whole, not needing to be first or to be right, willing to cooperate and accept and obey instead of arguing and asking why or always asking why. I think we can ask God why. <laughs> but spiritual maturity is faith in a shepherd or a higher power. Um, oh, I did have, I did have a picture of a, a path there, Josh. Nice. Uh, and you can move us right along to the next one because um, this... 
um, being, being constantly on the move. Here we're getting into that second part about the valley of the shadow. Being moved by the shepherd, not getting comfortable in our ruts and our habits, means going to the high country. This dark valley that the psalmist talks about. Um, I was so comforted to, to learn this week that, that in many parts of the world, shepherds will always move the sheep to high country during the hottest parts of the summer. They'll, 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 they'll take them up on these sort of scary mountain paths out of their normal zone because the, you know, it's, everything kind of dries up during the summer and they need to find, um, they need to find water and they need to find green grass. And so a good shepherd takes his flock up into the high country where they can find this, this grass and cool shade and fresh water, but it involves some scary climbing and some different predators and general uncertainty about shelter and storms and unpredictable weather. But, but what I loved discovering is that um, this is a necessary place of thriving for the sheep. This valley of the shadow actually allows them to find nourishment and get through the season in a healthy way. And, um, and so sheep have to go into the valley of the shadow in order to make it through the summer. And what makes this all possible, they're thriving in the valley, is the increased closeness and intimacy with the shepherd in this season. The shepherd is really, instead of being out on an open field like they are like all the rest of the year, the shepherd is right next to them, literally camping out with them in these little cabins that they call cabooses. But the shepherd is like right next to them on these mountain paths. And, and so there's an increased like affection and attention that the shepherd is giving to the sheep in this quote unquote difficult time in the valley. And we can even see this in the psalm. Show us, show us the psalm there, Josh. It's, um, I hope I put it up, yeah. So the first part of the psalm that we looked at so far, up top, it's like, it's like a sheep is writing it, talking about their nice shepherd, right? And then the second part, when they start to go into that dark valley, the sheep is talking directly to the shepherd. There's an intimacy here that happens in that, in that difficult place. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Suddenly we're talking directly to God because we need his presence. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table. There's a, clo there's a new closeness here. And I think um, that switch in speaking directly to the shepherd in the second half of the psalm matches what I'm learning from shepherds about this time up in the valley. The dangerous places of the high country brings them closer. And um, they're on, the sheep are only able to, to venture up onto these difficult paths because the shepherd's presence is right there with them, like calming them. 
And so we're learning two, two things here about difficult seasons in life um, that really resonated with me. That they can bring us closer to the shepherd and that they bring us spiritual food that's not available in, in, other, in other places, in our comfort zones. The sheep have to go up into the dangerous place in the summer because, you know, the grass is, is dried up elsewhere. Let's see that valley again, Josh. And so we too may not be able to find the spiritual nourishment um, that we need in the easy, comfortable places forever either. We need to be moved to where the spiritual sustenance actually is. And we'd be too scared to go there on our own. I know I am. And so we see how the language in the Psalms turns direct and intimate. That this is where the Lord is closest to us. Think about your own life. Like, have you ever gone through a, a, a really hard time and been surprised that you got through it or that you could get through it because you sensed something, God's presence or some force, maybe even just in looking back, that something was, was helping you out or some sense of surprise that you got through it. I think that that's how it works when we're relying on the shepherd. Sometimes even when we're not consciously, thank God we don't have to consciously do that, that God is there helping us. Anyway. So valleys can be really dark and ominous because the mountain peaks like block out the sun. But the other thing about valleys, and maybe you can apply this to kind of, to difficult seasons in your life, is that the grade for walking is more gentle. Like you can't, like the sheep can't just like scale up the mountain to the, <laughs> into the high country. They have to get there gradually. And there's always water in the valley because water sinks to the lowest place, which I think is a great spiritual truth. Water always goes to the lowest place. And Wherever there's water, there's vegetation to eat. So this valley of the shadow really is not the worst place to be. In fact, it's the way that the sheep get to the high country and get nourished. So what if we could see our difficult seasons as opportunities to be closer to our shepherd? What, what if there are hidden benefits? Like Megan talked earlier this year about monsters of grace. What if there are hidden benefits like richer spiritual food and shade in the uncertainty, in the uncertain places in our lives? I think most of us would like to be airlifted to the high places in life. We don't want to go through the valley because it is different and difficult um, and uncertain. You can't see what's around the corner. Being dependent on the shepherd is not a, a comfortable feeling for most of us. We'd love to be more in charge, able to see the path ahead, 
so that we can ensure our success on our own. But it seems like Jesus, or at least the psalmist, is telling us that we don't get up into the high country of spiritual maturity without walking through the dark valleys and learning to rely on our shepherd there. So that brings us to our last line. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The sheep get a lot of attention and affection from the shepherd on this drive to the high country, partly because the shepherd has to use his or her rod and staff even more. Um, and both of these instruments, I have a picture of the rod and staff there. Both of these instruments are for protection and care. Um, so no wonder the psalmist says they give me comfort. But like I wouldn't, I, I didn't really know that until I studied um, about them. The rod is smaller like this. I have a picture of that, Josh. Um, and I, you can also pass this around. This is like a shepherd's rod. Um, and it's used as a weapon to keep predators away. It's also used to like count the sheep, the shepherd, the, the sheep kind of go under the rod as they're being counted. Um, and the shepherd also uses it to part the sheep's wool to check for um, like skin conditions and ticks or wounds. And the staff is used to pull a sheep off a ledge or out of some kind of sh trouble like a fight with another sheep or um, if they're getting into some poisonous whatever. Um, or sometimes just to nudge the sheep to get, get in line and stay on the path. I even read about a shepherd that, that just liked to hold the staff on one side of the sheep, kind of like this next picture. Um, if a sheep needed some special attention and just needed to kind of feel the presence of the shepherd, the shepherd might like walk along the path just kind of holding, holding the staff gently on the sheep's side so that they could feel the shepherd's tangible presence. I don't know if you've ever felt like you were moving through life in such a way that God kind of had his staff just kind of gently holding your side so you wouldn't veer too far off. I, I, li I really like that image. Um, and I have sensed that sometimes when I'm, when I'm seeking the shepherd's help and sometimes even um, when I'm not. I think God comes to us in, in, through community, like Doriana said. Um, God can come to us through each other. And I have definitely experienced that through many of you. So the rod and the staff, they could be symbols of, of the written word, scripture. They could be symbols of um, the spirit in the body of Christ, each other, um, who, who can help us get back on the path. But we need, whatever, whatever it is, we need to seek out these helps 
in our spiritual journeys. Scripture, prayer, learning to tune in to the nudges of the spirit. What I, what I really want to note here is the presence of a living being as you look at that slide of the shepherd. Because like our faith is not about a bunch of rules and doctrine and things just written thousands of years ago, although it is that. It's mainly about the presence of a living God who cares in spite of all that we see in the world and in our own hearts. There is a living God with us on this crazy journey of life. And if we can trust that God, like a, like a good shepherd, has our best interest at heart, that God wants us to live and to thrive, and we can keep learning to rely on his presence or her presence and trust whatever he uses in our lives to help keep us together, even in the most difficult times. And I want to just tell you today that that might be where we learn the most about God's affection for us. I want to just leave you with the word through. Um, in that, that line of the psalm, he guides us through the darkest valley. We don't stay there forever. It's not the destination, but it's part of the way that keeps us growing, even when we can't see it. So let's pray for more trust in our shepherd God. Pray with me. Jesus, thank you for this image of yourself, even through our community, as a guide, your living presence, bringing us even through hard times, helping us grow in ways that we can't even really understand or predict. I ask that you would give us more trust in partnership with you. Thank you so much for one another, for your spirit in this body, for your presence in our city and in the world. Help us to keep growing with you. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected, visit circleofhope.church. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at circleofhope.net.